No pundits. No courtroom dramas. Just vibes. And the vibes this week. A judge in New York fining Trump $355 million in his civil fraud case for exaggerating the value of his properties. And according to reports, Trump has privately admitted what many of us have feared. Trump is considering backing a 16-week federal ban. And in a radical, first-of-its-kind, infuriating decision. The Alabama Supreme Court has ruled that frozen embryos are children and that a person can be held liable for destroying them. Stick around for its giving, our group chat, and our good five goodbye. You don't want to miss it. Let's go. Hi. Hi. Back, back, back again. How are you Here doing? Here we are, another week in America. Another week where we have just as much chance to be president as Nikki Haley. <laughs> mm. Mm. So we heard that Nikki Haley was going to make a big announcement and everyone's like, oh, you're struggling in the polls and basically running a hopeless race when you're a candidate in that position and you hear that there's going to be a big announcement. It usually only means one thing. They're dropping that out. You're, yeah, you're resigning. You're throwing <laughs> in the towel. You're done. That's it. Yeah. Nope. Wrong. Nikki Haley made some big announcement today to tell us that no matter how bad she does in her home state of South Carolina, which is the next in the Republican primary lineup, no matter how poorly she does, she will not quit. So she's just getting ahead of the of the headlines of Nikki Haley bombs in home state of South Carolina. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Big news. Big yeah. Okay. News. It's giving parade. All right. <laughs> Trump continues to march onward towards the nomination, and yeah. his campaign responded by putting out their timeline, which says that Trump is likely to win the total number of delegates needed by March 12th, and okay. in like a worst-case scenario, he'll have them all by March 19th. You know what he, what he can't do now Uh-oh, in the state that? of New York? I'm, I'm oh! pivoting now. <laughs> I'm pivoting. <laughs> Trump, <laughs> okay, another week, another Donald Trump story. Trump is ordered to pay $350 million, and he is barred from New York business. This is a ruling that happened Bye. last week in here in New York. Close the golf course and the bodega and the whatever else Trump has put his name on over the last 30 years. In, in the city of New York. Yeah, it's a win. It's a win for New York. This was a civil case. So we yes. always have to we always have to start mm. these Trump litigation stories with a recap of how many ongoing cases there are, right? So this was a civil case about him lying about lots of things in financial um documents in the state of New yes. York in order to like inflate or deflate the value of his properties to avoid taxes and get cheaper loans and those kinds of things. This is not related to the ongoing federal criminal case about him trying to stay in power after losing an election. It's not related to the federal criminal case about him stealing and then hiding classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. It's not related to the Georgia criminal case around him trying to find fake votes in Georgia. And it's not related to the criminal case in New York about him paying hush money illegally to Stormy Daniels. So this is a separate case. The list goes on. <laughs> not to mention E. Jean Carroll, right, is, is another one. Right. Didn't, even, right. didn't even get there. Thank you for that rundown because I needed it. This is essentially showing us that he is, in fact, a fraud. Yeah. He is a liar and a fraud. What he did baseline is he lied about the square footage and the worth of his apartment in New York City. And because of that, he was able to get better loans, right? right. That he right. that are just a better rate and more money, et cetera. 
And he lied. He said that a 10,000 square foot apartment, which is still very, very large for New York City standards, nothing to be kind of ashamed of Donald Trump there, was 30,000 square feet. Yeah, a noticeable difference to somebody who claims to be like a real estate mogul, basically. Mogul. Yeah, that did stand out to me. The people who hear this probably need no convincing, I'm guessing, that Donald Trump is like a liar and and a fraud and and a criminal. But I do think that it's important for us to stay rooted in facts when we talk about him rather than just like this overall disdain that I think a lot of people have at this point for who he is and what he represents. The facts of this case are pretty wild. Like this is like a blatant pattern and culture of lying to just Mm -hmm. get the outcome that you want that very much explains however many years this has been going on for what happened in 2020. It's like the fact pattern to me just overlays perfectly where it's like you wanted a specific outcome and you feel that you are above the law. And so you Mm. will lie, cheat and steal to get that outcome and feel Mm -hmm. justified in claiming that the system is rigged against you when you're caught for it. And you're just caught right. red-handed. Like, your signature is there. It's your wet signature <laughs> yes. on these on these lies. It's it's like election 2020 all over again for me. Right. If I were Donald Trump's therapist, which I'm not, I would say, I'm noticing a pattern. <laughs> I'm noticing a pattern. Whatever that human is making is not enough. Not enough. <laughs> Pay them more. Pay them more. No, that's a traumatizing job. Must be. Must be rough. Um, I don't think Donald Trump has an ounce of self-reflection or has done any <laughs> ego work in his entire tenure as a human being. No, I would that that is a reality show that I would be tempted to watch. <laughs> I would 1000% watch that. Although I guess America kind of is his therapist. Like we're all getting trauma dumped on at all times Literally. by Trump. And he has no filter, so we're just hearing his stream of consciousness at all times. You know, Something we should take a beat because we're so used to hearing these mass, especially as it relates to politics and in, you know, these uh, hearings, campaigns, right? How much money is actually being spent and and put out into the universe? $350 million is currently like half of what the Eras tour, Taylor Swift, has brought in. Just as a number. We measure all of our all of our litigation, all of our settlements in Taylor Swift eras tours. This Literally. is one eighth of an eras tour. Yeah, three hundred fifty million dollars is a lot of money. I did read that. I mean, there are lots of people always trying to estimate what Trump is worth and how much money he actually has. That's been an ongoing thing really since like twenty fifteen, if not before that. But I did read, I think that it was in Bloomberg, that between this and the E. Jean Carroll lawsuit, Mm -hmm. which she won a defamation trial against him recently and was granted an $84 million judgment. And between the two, it actually is supposed to be about how much cash Trump really has access to. Like, Like this actually... I believe will have a meaningful financial impact on him. Not that he's going to be destitute, not that he's going to like, that the family is going to struggle. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like, even to someone as wealthy as the, as Trump is allegedly, like it's a meaningful (sighs) amount of money. (laughs) For sure. It's a meaningful, it's a real hit to his economic well-being, which good, but there are other ways that Donald Trump can 
can make money towards these settlements. One of which is his newest venture, which is the $400 gold shoe. Only Trump could make sneakerheads uninterested in new expensive sneakers. Talk about a merchandising grift. It's like all he he does. He's Here's a couple of things that he's already failed at. Trump steaks. Today, through the shopper image, you can enjoy the world's greatest steaks. Trump mattresses. So what do you think of my Trump home mattress collection by Serta? A Trump board game. My new game is Trump the game. Trump the game, where you deal for everything you ever wanted to own. Trump University. Terrific people, terrific brains, successful. We are going to have the best of the best. Trump suits. My suits will guarantee you're always boardroom ready. But every great suit needs a great shirt and tie. Oh, oh, and this one, a multi-level marketing company. I love a multi-level marketing company because you're sure to get a good documentary out of it. That <laughs> Wait for this, Brian. It sold vitamins and health products. The Trump network wants to give millions of people renewed hope with cutting edge health and wellness formulas and a system where you can develop your own financial independence. Coming from the man who like exclusively eats cheeseburgers burgers and yeah. coca-cola it is funny until you remember like what these people's desire for cash and their greed has done to the country in totally. an attention economy this capitalism at its absolute worst and he's a grifter yeah it's upsetting it enrages me upsetting is an understatement it enrages me to see mm-hmm. people use their positions of public trust and civil service to enrich themselves and the Trump Mm -hmm. family took it to an entirely new level, whether that is his family running to the Saudis to start private investment firms immediately after leaving office, or it's him selling digital trading cards. Trading cards are back with a bang. Series two, the new collection features incredible artwork of me as a rock star and also as a monster trucker. Or his mugshot on every piece of merch imaginable. It is an authentic piece of the suit I wore when I took that now famous mugshot, and it was a great suit. Believe me, a really good suit. It's all cut up, and you're going to get a piece of it. I'll be autographing some of them. Like, he Mm -hmm. is absolutely here to turn a profit. And it makes me think, it makes me really appreciate Jimmy Carter. Ah. You know, I think about Jimmy Carter every single day. And yesterday was a full year of Jimmy Carter in hospice care. I read God bless that. the man. God, God bless, bless Jimmy Carter. He's 99 years old. He entered hospice, was living in the same small home in Georgia that he had lived in for, I think, most of his life. And so did not use the office of the presidency to enrich himself and his family, but instead to serve the American people. And I think that that's what people want out of their president. Yes. Brian, something else that I think is super important about this ruling is the intent, the intention, and that the judge ruled that Trump and his children, Don Jr., Eric, there's another one. Actually, the whole (laughs) list is, you know, Donald Trump, Alan Weisselberg, Jeffrey McConney, Eric Trump, and Donald Trump Jr. They're all liable. But something that the the, ju- the the ruling was a little, it was giving like AP English. It was a little wonky in terms of the language used. Something that was a really a stinger, I would say, is their complete lack of contrition and remorse borders on pathological. So for a judge to be like, you are so guilty that I consider you pathological, yeah. to your earlier point of it is a pattern. It is a behavior. 
it is not just in his business. It is in his politics. I think is something that people should really take to heart. Like we know who this person is. We have to believe what they say when they say it. And that like they are just going to lie and scheme and plot and steal their way to whatever they want. Totally. And it, and it does, it hits, it rings true of everything that we know, not just about Trump, but the Trump family. Mm-hmm. The judge said, yet defendants are incapable of admitting the error of their ways. And I'm like, that is Donald Trump in a sentence. Caught him. That's right. The New York Times reported on some backroom conversations about what Donald Trump has been saying about his views on abortion and when he would like to ban them nationally. Donald Trump is not shy about his opinion on anything. We all know that. Like the most irrelevant pop culture phenomenon, like, or whatever he feels the need to weigh in on. Mm -hmm. But one of the most salient issues of the last five years, 10 years, for many people, 50 years, reproductive rights, Donald Trump has been silent, will not give a straight answer on what his actual policy would be in a second administration. Of course, we already know that he appointed the three justices that are responsible for overturning Roe v. Wade. He's taken credit for that many times. But he refuses to say whether or not he would support a national ban until now. And the answer is yes, he will support a national abortion ban. Yeah. And what he said exactly, which was written in this article, which I find super, super frustrating and disgusting is the way that he talks about women's bodies and women's autonomy over their own bodies or any, you know, childbearing person, which is, he said, this is how he was speaking about it. Know what I like about 16? Because it's 16 weeks. Is this mm. national abortion ban is 16 weeks. You know what I like about 16? It's even. It's four months. It's like, what? Totally. Right. Like, it's, it's not a business not... dealing. It is right. a very difficult and complicated decision or, or not, you know, but that women should have the right to choose. Yeah. Of not course. you, Donald Trump, in a, in a boardroom meeting or wherever you are talking about like what you think is a good round number for when you should have a full decree on how women can make decisions about their bodies. Right. And they will Trump Trump and his world will try to pivot and make the conversation around like exceptions and around sort of straw man arguments about what liberals have never said and never pushed. But the fundamental question for the existence or not of a national abortion ban is who should be making these decisions? Should Mm -hmm. Donald Trump be the one to make a decision about an individual's healthcare? And I think it's a very simple answer to say no. You cannot right. simultaneously believe that the president or a court in in Texas or a random judge should not have the power to make healthcare decisions for you and believe in a ban at a certain number of weeks. Right. Because those two ideas are incompatible. You either believe that it's a decision that should be between patients and doctors, or you believe that it is a decision that politicians should make. Yeah. It's really hard to kind of fathom in 2024 that this is a conversation that we're still having, and in fact, going backwards on. And yeah. I do wish as a woman that there was like a medical equivalent that we could talk about as it relates to men, just to kind of make it more accessible for the male mind to grasp what this feels like to be a woman in this country. But 
That's not really possible. I feel like people got close. The closest that I've seen my male friends to wrapping their heads fully around it was the Texas case recently mm. when a woman is being told directly by healthcare professionals, by her doctor, that her ongoing pregnancy is a threat to her life, to her mm. health, and to her future ability to have children. And she is petitioning, literally pleading for help for the ability to get the healthcare that she needs. And the highest court in Texas says, no. Right. You're on your own. I think that that woke some people up. And I think that we're going to continue to hear more of those instances, unfortunately. And we have a responsibility to like highlight the actual reality of the situation rather than making this some sort of theoretical debate around number of weeks, yada, 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 when the lived reality for people is that like, this is going to get people killed. Like women are going to die. And just, you know, I think the actual number is 91.5% of all childbearing Mm. individuals have an abortion before 14 weeks, regardless. And there are a lot of reasons why someone might seek an abortion after 16 weeks, many of which have to do with, one, many women don't know they're pregnant for the first six weeks. I think we've had a lot of discourse around this on the internet, finally teaching people about what it means to get pregnant and yeah. what that timeline looks like, access to healthcare, full stop. Like, where's the closest OBGYN office? Where's the closest Planned Parenthood? Someone might not have an opportunity to go to one for five weeks, six weeks, depending on what their work schedule might look like, et cetera. Totally. So it's really just like we have to think about who who are these abortion bans actually impacting? We know the answer to that. And it's It's a scary thought to think that if Donald Trump were to be elected, there would be a national abortion ban. Absolutely. And that is what we are going to have to spend a lot of the year reminding people when it comes to this issue in particular. And there are two things at play. Number one, we are talking right now about legislation that could be passed and the law that could be changed. That would overturn the existing state-level law in more than half the country. In 30 Mm -hmm. states, Trump would initiate, would institute a more strict ban or a ban that does not currently exist. Secondly is personnel is also policy. And Mm -hmm. Trump will have other levers of control to also roll back access to abortion even beyond this 16-week ban. That means using the Comstock Act, which they used Mm -hmm. to use to persecute the LGBT community, to ban the mailing of mifeprestone and abortion mm-hmm. medication, which account for over 50% of abortions in the country, like banning this, the, the mailing of that anywhere, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, there's an entire contingent now within the conservative movement that is pushing to classify mifepristone, a common abortion medication, as a forever chemical under mm. the EPA. And so regulating access to this very safe um, prescription drug that's been used for over 20 years mm-hmm. and literally regulating that more than we regular regulate like PFAS and things that right. stay in our On water forever. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. And so there are many ways that Trump's administration beyond mm. him could also severely l- restrict access to abortion. 
Right. You make a good point that it's not just Donald Trump being in closed doors meetings talking about that he would do a 16-week national abortion ban. There are many, many movements in the conservative wing of America that are trying to attack reproductive rights from all angles. And they're looking at all the different ways that they can get there. And I think it's really important, and especially in the work that you do looking at state legislatures across the country and state Supreme Court seats, where can we actually make sure that we're putting people in those positions that are going to protect reproductive right. rights in this country? Totally. And while it is a state issue right now, mm-hmm. which Republicans have claimed they want it all mm-hmm. along, that this should be up right. to states. Now, mm-hmm. suddenly, they're not very interested in it being up right. to states. Now, suddenly, they are moving towards a federal policy, a federal ban. And that slope only moves in one direction. Like, these people will only continue to push and push and push. And mm-hmm. as a reminder, in 2016, in an interview, Trump said there had to be some form of punishment. That's for right. women who had abortions. You, Do you, you believe in punishment for abortion? Yes or no? Is a principle? Uh, the answer is that there has to be some form of punishment. And so, like, it's not uh, a stretch. It's not um, a, a alarmist to Mm-mm. say that that's the direction that things are headed in. I will also say that Emily, at Emily on your phone, uh, mm-hmm. Emily Amick, our friend, has really great information about this and how these types of changes, oh, it's just 16 weeks, directly lead Mm -hmm. to restrictions on contraception and Mm -hmm. fertility treatments, and which we're Mm going to talk about, and and other really basic things that the vast majority of Americans feel should be a basic right. Yeah, it's, it's difficult, but you're right. Emily at Emily in your phone is a great follow because she does stay grounded in the action that you can do. It's not, not all is lost. Like we're talking about this on the pod. Of course it's super frustrating. Of course it's super scary, but there's real things that we can do and real things that we can look out for to make sure that our reproductive health is secured. Uh, Many of that has to do with organizing and activism and she gets into that on her page, but yeah, not all is lost. So let's just keep on keeping on and making sure that we're protecting women's rights where we can. And now we're going to go one step deeper and darker, truly. And then then we'll talk about some, some, you know, group chat stuff and some good vibes. But this happened this past week, and I think it's super, super important that we highlight it because yeah. this is, to what we've just been talking about, like phase two of, of them deciding what is a life, who has access to decide, what qualifies that, et cetera, which is Alabama. Alabama Supreme Court decision. Alabama Supreme Court, an elected Supreme Court. They're not elected everywhere. They are in Alabama. Almost entirely far-right conservatives Mm -hmm. ruled that embryos are children. And even an embryo outside of a, I believe the exact quote was like, a biological womb still Mm -hmm. has the same rights, I'm using air quotes, like as as yeah. a child, as your child does. And just to confirm for the audience, the the wonderful scientific breakthrough that was and is IVF egg freezing and embryo creation outside of the traditional means that you learned about in Sex Ed 101. The store. Um, yeah, that's right, Brian. That's right. The The bird that drops off the baby. If only right, right, it were right. that easy. If you want to go um, a different route. 
Yeah. If you you don't want to write a letter to Santa. So it's this process by which women use hormones to create an abundance of eggs. We harvest, we meaning, you know, the fertility doctors harvest those eggs. You have live sperm. You create an embryo by implanting that sperm into the egg and then you freeze it. This all happens like in an operating room and then in the lab very quickly and then they get frozen and people pay rent on their embryos and their eggs. And it is one, a family decision. It's a personal decision. And it is an amazing scientific breakthrough that has helped millions of people have children or millions of women decide to to freeze eggs or create embryos when they are not quite sure yet if they want to have a child. And by the Alabama Supreme Court saying that these are now human beings, it's a little like, mm, okay, right, right. <laughs> you good? You okay? You good? No, they're not good. Um, let's talk about the impact here. So yeah. number one, IVF gone in the state of Alabama. That's over now. If you cannot have children by traditional means, like you're not going to have access to having kids of your own in in that way. This is the first of its kind ruling. And so for sure, we are going to see more states Mm -hmm. moving in this direction. Not only was there a terrible decision from the majority of the court, but the chief justice on this court went out of his way to quote the Bible and say that the Bible is the one who is, is what tells us who are people. And we have a responsibility to like institute that as our moral compass here and like, mm. and to guide our laws based on that is, was my takeaway. And so extremely concerning direction in terms of what this means for access to these services nationwide, access to reproductive care, access to contraception, access to really just basic healthcare, particularly for women. Yeah. It's interesting to me, I'm just reading these notes here, kind of the catalyst of this case, which is it focused on whether a patient who mistakenly dropped and destroyed other couples' frozen embryos could be held liable in a wrongful death lawsuit. The court ruled the patient could, writing that it had long held that, quote, unborn children are children, and that was true for frozen embryos, et cetera, et cetera. And it's interesting to me that the the state of Alabama decided to make this a wrongful death lawsuit or the, you know, the couple who who brought this to court did. It just is a very, very, very slippery slope to your to your point. Like full disclosure, I have eggs frozen uptown, right? Like if those were like defrosted by accident, I'd be pissed and I'd want my money back. But I wouldn't be like, you killed my babies. <laughs> it's it's a little, and again, an egg is different than an embryo. I will say that. But it's a very, very slippery slope. And this is how we get into things like prosecuting women and charging women exactly. with crimes for having a miscarriage. This is how we get Brittany White in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Like, this is really extremist thinking and... These people are in positions of power making decisions over our future. And it That's is exactly right. a scary thing. We are not here to scare you, but we have to be real about mm-hmm. what these people want and what they are pushing for. And that is like a white Christian nationalist country. And these are the moments that open more people's eyes to that. This is really out there. It's giving. It's giving. It's giving. 
this is another dark thing, but you know, Emily, our, who's she's like a third chair today, but phantom third chair. She turned me on to this turning point USA organization. Mm. I had heard about it, but about a year ago, Emily was like, we need to be losing sleep over this and turning point USA, which is founded like by a, like a good friend. Like yeah. a good friend does. <laughs> yeah. She's like, don't sleep. Think about <laughs> Turning Point USA, which now I do quite a bit. Turning Point USA, which is a conservative cultural movement that tries to do many, many things. But one of what they do is use digital media influencers to propagate their ideas. And one of their main ideas is this. I mean, we're just going to we're going to have more babies and 20 years from now they're going to say, "Why is the country so right-wing? Well, you were too busy having abortions and having gay sex and we got married and had kids and we will repopulate the species." It's going to take two Give decades. us some time everybody. That's Buy right. us some time. Buy yeah. the constitution some time. The key though, we got to have more more level of kids. Well, yes, we got to get our testosterone rates high. Young ladies got to get married and we have to have the babies. Got to go. Got to go get married. <laughs> it's abortions and gay sex. Come on. Oh my That's like- god. The future that liberals want. It's giving great replacement theory, which is that's what mm. it is. But it's giving the Duggar family. For sure. This for is definitely how sure. the Duggar family happened. They were like, we gotta make more. Trad wives, it's giving mm. it's just disgusting. He he grosses me out. It's like so pathetic. Get a grip. Is your masculinity so weak? Don't come for me. It, you know, social media, a woman, you know, calling out males masculinity whatever men can be who they want to be and they should cry etc but like i'm going on a tangent sorry it's kind of giving incel like the only way that charlie kirk can get laid is to convince women that it is their duty to sleep with him and all of the other men in his sad sad band of losers like am i wrong no he's like no you have to you have to sleep with us yeah because we have have to to repopulate the earth yeah it's your job it's your job. I played that clip um, for my co-founder and she said it's giving invasive species. Yeah. Why is he calling humans like species? Like that's what I'm like. Aliens. It's go time. Like we need you. <laughs> like beam me up. You can do what you want to do here. I will be, I will do whatever you need for me to do up there. Totally. Beam me up. I'm done. I'm done. Okay, our group chat, Brian. What's been going on in the group chat? Well, speaking of group chat, Mm -hmm. who really blew up the group chat this week? George Santos. Uh, That guy. (laughs) We said we were never going to talk about George Santos, and here we are. But this is funny. Like, we we have to say this. Last week, as we covered on last week's episode, Democrats flipped New York's third congressional district on Long Island, this is the seat that was um, vacated when George Santos was expelled from Congress. Mm-hmm. And when they lost that seat, George Santos sent the most unhinged group text to a bunch of Republican members of Congress. And it literally said, like, y'all fucked up. <laughs> and you just <laughs> lost this seat by, like, eight points. And you're going to regret this. And good luck fundraising next quarter. You're all going to lose your seats. And he group texted this and he, and he literally said, what did he call them again? Wait, I'm looking it up. Fucking idiots. You know, if he used iMessage or signal or WhatsApp. No, there's a screenshot. It's an iMessage. L O L. Pull up the screenshot. There is a literal iMessage group chat, eight people, all members of Congress and George Santos. And he, his fingers were on fire. He was just like, okay, I know we don't want to see George Santos ever again. 
But I'm really into the traders. I'm Ooh. into all reality TV. The yep. traders, hosted by Alan Cummings. He's a wonderful performer, owns Club Cummings in the East Village. You should Absolutely. check it out. George Santos on Traders would honestly I, I reckon no. he'll be on there. No, Glennis, we do not support that. We have explicitly right. said I know. no more profiting off of this man. You're right. Actually, the theme of this podcast is like no more profiting off of any public office. So like true, true. So, okay, I take that back. Well, we did have one final takedown. There's been a, I feel like it's a lot of takedowns this week, but we have one more takedown of your bestie, your absolute bestie, Clarence Thomas. Ah, goodbye. So that's the offer. A million dollars a year, Clarence, and a brand new condo on wheels. And all you have to do in return is sign the contract and get the fuck off the Supreme Court. Talk it over with your totally best friend in the whole world. Because the clock starts now. 30 days, Clarence. Let's do this. <laughs> Literally, what have we been saying? Take your RV and drive off into the sunset. Into the sunset. Absolutely brilliant. So John Oliver offered Clarence Thomas a million dollars per year plus this like tricked out RV because we all know mm-hmm. he loves to ride around with the average person, the everyday human, and offered him a million dollars a year and the RV to resign from the Supreme court. And John Oliver, as he does just making a brilliant point that it was completely legal for him to do that Mm -hmm. and to make him that offer because Supreme court ethics laws are so lax. And so let's hope that he takes him up on it. We know that Clarence loves cash. We know he loves money. He loves luxury travel. So maybe he'll take it. That would be great. We have some podcast polling responses. You know, after last week, we were deep in the polls, and then we decided, you know what? Let's do one. <laughs> That's pretty meta. That's it is pretty meta. meta. We, we did a poll about polls, and we asked people what their relationship is with the polls these days. 50% of you said just catching the headlines. So... They're on my still, team. Still, yeah, exactly. Still seeing it when it's out there, when it's big news, but not looking for it actively. Uh, 33% said, I ignore them, so I don't panic. Honestly, smart. Dan Pfeiffer mm-hmm. would support you. And mm-hmm. 17% of you riding the polar coaster, watching the ins and outs, checking the cross tabs. Honestly. Real seekers. Make sure that you guys are doing some self-care this year. That's all I have to say. Well. For our good vibe goodbye, we have some major news that has literally been a decade in the making. Okay. That's a big deal. That's a long time. I need a good vibe after that. that We do need a good uh, vibe. We need a good vibe. Yeah. So I'm going to build it up as much as possible. The good vibe this week is that after over a decade of having some of the most gerrymandered maps in the country... And after a huge effort by progressives to elect an anti-gerrymandering champion to the Wisconsin Supreme Court and Mm. flipping the Supreme Court in a special election last April. Janet P. Janet P. Judge Janet. We now have new maps that are the first fair maps for the state of Wisconsin in 50 years. Amazing. (sighs) Truly, I like, need you to cut in mass applause to that. Yeah, fireworks. That is a big deal, people. This has literally been in the works forever. We are getting fair maps in Wisconsin. Literally, it is open season politically. Mm. 
on Wisconsin Republicans. We are expected Amazing. to flip at least nine seats because of how gerrymandered the wow. legislature was before. Yes. And then another eight seats on top of that are going to be toss-up, super competitive. Amazing. And so it is like go time in Wisconsin. Let's take the totally. state back. Brick by brick, your vote matters. And that is a really good, good vibe, especially after talking about what we talked about today. It just goes to show the power of state politics and what we can do when we have fair maps. Absolutely. If you want to see what's about to happen in Wisconsin, go look at Minnesota. Look at what Minnesota has done in the last year and a half, and that is where Wisconsin is headed, and I am so excited for it. Amazing. We love Wisconsin. Those are all the vibes this week. Thanks again for listening. We hope you're enjoying the show. If you have any thoughts, questions, advice, etc., send them our way. Reach out to us on social media or email us at vibes at careernewsroom.com. And join us again next week for your need-to-know news of the week. Bye. Vibes Only is produced by Devin Maroney with support from Courier's Kyle Tharp, R.C. DeMezzo, and Daniel Strasberger. Tara McGowan is founder and publisher of Courier. Courier.